0: You're listening to the Oz TV Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we come to you for another exclusive third watch recap. We are into the season finale of season five, the second last time we will ever have a season finale. Well, actually, totally the last time we'll have a season finale, because the next time we do one of these will be a series finale. This uh, episode is called Monsters. It first aired on the 7th of May. 2004. It was written by Ed Allen Bonero. It was directed by Ed Allen Bonero, so uh pretty important person when it comes to the grand scheme of things of this show. Did it work? Did it not work? We're about to find out. My name is Ben, and I don't have a stupid haircut.
1: <laughs> Man, I will never forgive you for stealing that quote from me, but I guess it's payback from me stealing yours a couple of weeks ago. What's up, everybody? My name's Darvell, and Besides Boscarelli, Yocas and Cruz of the 55th, Win and Dombrowski of narcotics, I want them all dead before they put my Joey in the ground tomorrow.
0: In, in, in my defense, I didn't actually technically steal your quote. Uh, I say the quote first, so therefore technically you stole my quote. You just have to tell me beforehand what you're saying, so that's your own fault, my friend. Um, so...
1: Yes, yeah, welcome yeah, everybody whatever.
0: to Third Watch Cartoon. <laughs> uh, um, because this is pretty much Third Watch the animated series this week. Uh, because if you want a cartoonish episode of Third Watch, you've got one this week. Um, yeah, look, I always kind of, uh, remember this part of the series differently, and I've said I kind of fluctuate on my opinions of Gene Simmons in this show, and, I'm sorry to say, Gene Simmons fans, you've caught me at one of these fluctuations where I'm not a fan, and uh also the fact that this episode is so much more terrible than I remember. Um so (laughs) that's my thought process. Tell me what's your thought process of this episode as we go into it.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean I do I do like that the that the the Donald Mann storyline, you know, it is um Advancing, and we do actually get to, as horrible as it is, we do actually get to see him, you know, plot his, uh, or at least try to plot his revenge, and it shows how, shows how merciless he is. Um, but the episode as a whole. I mean I'm still trying to wrap my head around what you mean by say by saying it's by saying it's cartoonish. Because oh, I, I, I kinda saw first... it as a
0: <laughs> Sorry, go ahead.
1: I, I kind of saw it as an as a I mean, I can't really explain it, but I wouldn't necessarily say I see it as over the top.
0: Oh, it's it's over the top is kind of cartoonish and everything in all in one. It just I guess the easiest way to describe it as being cartoonish is, I mean, it's this opening scene in general. We've got, you know, uh, a, a shot of a gargoyle with rain on it, and you've got this evil man in his mansion playing his piano, like, you know, trying to be all like, oh, this guy's calm. And then you've kind of got like this over-the-top character of a butler person who's like, Mr. Man, the cop is here to see you. Like, Mr.
1: Man, the cop is here.
0: It just it just sounds like this is something that you're watching on a Saturday morning cartoon, like this is a Batman animated series, and this is you know a villain who's kind of you know whatever however it will go, but like this whole episode, like you say over the top, like absolutely right, and that's why I think it's kind of so cartoonish just like there's violence of on this episode that nobody should be surviving and they survive like. We've talked a little bit about that throughout the last, you know, season and a bit that there's definitely some, um, you know, explosions and things which you're like, okay, no one's surviving that. But like, there's definitely stuff in this one and just the way it ends as well. Like, oh, yeah, um. (laughs) I gotcha. You gotta, you you gotta find out some things here, I think. Um, so yeah, this opening scene we've got. Donald Man, yes, playing his piano and, you know, because Gene Simmons, I guess, probably had it written in his contract. And at some point, he's got to do something musical. As far as he's not playing, like, a Kiss song here and he's in full makeup. Um, we hear that, yeah, the word the cop is here to see you. So, like, ooh, who's the evil cop? Like, and th- this is definitely one thing that I think kind of really slips through the cracks because it's laid out right in front of us here that the cop is here to see you. So, therefore, you know, you've got to be like, oh, okay, shit, there's a dirty cop who's working with Donald Man. Um, which... I always feel like they gel over really quickly. Like, you're not really paying that much attention to it to be able to hear that. Um, and then later on, kind of the stuff with Yoshi, kind of that he goes disappearing. Like, it's kind of like, oh, plot twist. Um, we have Fred, uh, in a diner with Yoko. It's all raining, we should mention this, because it makes it more evil and sinister and bad things going to happen when it rains. Um... And just this whole Fred sequence, it just kind of doesn't make sense. Like he's still complaining about the same things, he's taking the kids away. And yeah. um you know, Jokus is basically saying, you know, we can fix this, we can do this and then we kind of finally get the line from Fred saying, like, I asked you to leave um and then, you know, Jokus is like, I can't leave and it's just it's just all the same. Like there's nothing new here except for the fact that big massive plot reveal that Fred has met someone. You son of a bitch, you (laughs) son of a bitch. Everything's all right. Throws money on the table and storms off. Like, douche nozzle Fred level 10,000. Like, seriously, what the hell?
1: (laughs) Really? And, I mean, come on, this is something you could have... This is something you... Honestly, I think it's something you would have seen coming a mile off, which we kind of established a few weeks ago when this whole um, douche nozzle Fred thing started. You know, you had said something like, you think they were trying to write... Write him out of the series, and this was the only thing they could think of. So yeah, this kind of this big reveal—it's—it's it's not so big, I don't
0: think. No, uh, look, I, I did note it down as potential top five, but I don't—I'm not going to push for it, uh, just because I guess at the grand scheme of things, this is our main couple from this show breaking up. But you're absolutely right; like, it just—it comes out of nowhere. It just feels—it's like, what the hell is this? Like, they've gone through so much together. And they're, they're going over the same issues that they had in season one. Fred supposedly found Jesus and calmed down significantly. And now all of a sudden, like, they, they, this whole season they just kind of bipolared him so much. Like we had early on, obviously after Yokus was shot, kind of Fred so defensive and everything. And then we've got to remember, it was, it was Yokos's idea to get away. It wasn't like Fred was like, hey, let's get away and finally we can put this job behind. It's like, Maybe then, like turn that around like when when they when she's away for like four or five episodes, make that Fred's suggestion, and Yokus goes along with it, and then he's just disappointed that ultimately it didn't work, and she's going back to the job like this was Jokus's decision to go away, so like yeah, not you know it's it's kind of it all falls back onto him being an absolute douche nozzle, and I think, yeah, you're absolutely right, like it all comes down to i mean I'm assuming Chris Bauer wanted out of the show um i'm I think I think well, oh, this might have been a few years before True Blood. Um, oh, he's on the wire around about this time too, just quickly looking here as well. Um, so, when did True Blood actually start? That started in. Um. Oh, gosh, that maybe it was around then. Surely. Uh. 05 or oh six, somewhere in there? Yeah, well, this was 04, so he then went on to. I mean, because he was basically a main cast member in True Blood for however many seasons that was. Uh, 2008. So four years until that kind of started. So sort of in that period there, um, yeah, as I said, he was on The Wire. He was in a show called Tilt, Johnny Zero. Um, Johnny Zero was the show he was in directly after this. So maybe that was kind of another one of these things, kind of like an Andy Sibri and how he got um, Invasion and kind of it didn't necessarily go on to be a, a big thing. But I, I'm not sure. At the end of the day, this is what they've done with it. And it just, it just makes no sense because, again, I, I've mentioned before that Molly Price, in interviews during Third Watch, you know, would always comment and saying that at, at certain times they were the only married couple on primetime TV. Um, and because, like, it was always just a thing where they kind of kept it that married couples would break up or marriages never last. And, you know, it is, it's such a rare thing in TV, if you think about it, for a married couple to stay married. Um right. So, I, like, how good would it have this been for the Joker's character to keep they're married the whole six seasons. Because, like, if you think about it, it's not like all of a sudden they go and make Yoko's a spinster and she's going off, like, hooking up with people left, right, and centre next season. Like, there's a bit of an implication with one man, but it's never really explored until we get to the final episode and then they kind of shove it down your throat again. So, yeah, I don't know. Like, it's... I'm not a fan of this and Fred is just douche-nozzle and the only thing that comes good out of this, I feel, is, like, I mean, it's good acting between Chris Barrow and Molly Price. Um, and, it and it is. It's great acting, but it's just, like... Where did this come from? And, and and then at the end of the day, too, all we hear is, I met someone, you son of a bitch, is everything alright? Everything's fine. And then I think we get like one moment next season where kind of like Jokus is like, is that her? Um, or no, we do meet her, don't we? Actually, no, tell a lie. We meet <sighs> her for like a second.
1: Mm, mm, we do? Yeah, I don't recall
0: that. It's something around Charlie or Emily. Um, we do meet her very, very briefly. Um, but. Again, like, if you're going to have this sort of ex-storyline around, you know, my husband's going off and cheated on me and got someone else, like, we want to see it. Like, we're invested in this couple. We want to know. Like, we're on Team Jokas here. We want to, like, who's this bitch who's hooking up with Fred the bastard? Like, you know, like, we want to see more of this. But, and it's kind of even like this episode. You kind of forget about it because Jokas is going to show up to the funeral and kind of just have the no Fred line. Like, is that really her reaction after however long a marriage? They're high school sweethearts. And that's it. Like she's just going to forget about it. Like next what, season, she's going to be uh, like, no, no, Fred. And
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, no, Fred. Sorry, Bosco. Uh, he didn't want to come.
0: It's just so dumb. fucking bland. It's dumb. Um. Anyway, like I mean, you can still like. I, okay, I guess the excuse would be like, if Chris Bow's not going to be in it, how are you going to have this marriage without showing him? But. Like, he was never a main cast member in sort of, what, the first two seasons. So, I mean, you can kind of just like, do what you do with the firefighters and the paramedics. Show him every, like, five episodes or something like that, you know? I mean, for God's sake, yeah, Joey doesn't exist really? after a certain point, doesn't he? Like, but Kim and Jimmy still have him. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there's that. Anyway, so that's our little rant with that. It's dumb, it's stupid. Um, the, I, I do like kind of the shot of when you've got Yoka's looking out the window with the rain and they kind of cut to Bosco. Um, and sort of Bosco's talking with his mum, and sort of his mum's wanting to put the funeral back a day, and sort of, you know, there's not enough time to visit, all this sort of stuff. And then we've got Crew showing up with, what is it, Sam Corcho or something like that, she says. It's, uh, I can't remember. Sort of like a casserole stew thing that she's brought over. She's saying it's a tradition, it's a condolence. Um, and then sort of Bosco's just like, how did you get my address? And she sort of jokes and is like, I'm a cop. And she's like, well, Munro gave it to me. Um, so she drops it off and Bosco's just like, bye, and then kind of walks inside and throws it out. Um, I do like, I will say, like, I, I kind of like this scene. Like, just, I like the silence and that sound of the rain kind of like is really cool. And just, you know, Cruz there trying to come over and I guess, um, you know, bury the hatchet be nice and kind of, you know, yeah. it's a side of Cruise you don't see, but, and it's kind of yeah. interesting that you've spent so long with Cruz in the second part of this season, kind of having her against the, against the cops and doing her own thing but they kind of switch that back here now don't they for you to to sympathize with her once again they're kind of like they're, they're a bit weird with what they're doing with Cruz um, but I mean she's going to be more of a sympathetic character next season for sure but yeah
1: right and yeah I mean good on good on her for trying but really what else did she expect from him
0: yeah well exactly Um, and the, the kind of I think this is what I tried to point out last season with when Letty died kind of I think you sort of alluded to the fact that it came, it comes full circle in a way when it comes to something related to Bosco. Um, so. Did I say that? No, no, I think, I think it was me. Sorry, I meant me. Um, oh, okay. But, yeah, so, I mean, she's obviously not really playing that card, but I think kind of if you watch a show and you remember it, you kind of remember, it like, well, hey, Bosco, I guess, was there for her. Well, I mean, that's when they started sleeping together, wasn't it? <laughs> mm. so maybe she's just feeling a bit randy or something like that. And she's like, hey, well, you know. My sister died and I got laid, so maybe his brother died and I'll get laid. I don't know.
1: (laughs) I doubt she was thinking that, but...
0: no, You know, I'm just trying to get to the bottom of her weirdness in this season when it comes to her uh, sympatheticness all of a sudden. Um, Let's see here. What do we have? Um, Then we have Donald Man getting a, a list of all the people that, uh, were with the son, her, his son when he died. Uh, we don't see the cop's face. We see money being given to whoever this cop is. And this is when you had your opening line about, you know, they will all- they'll all be dead. Um, now, okay, this is again, just like Saturday morning cartoon, like, I will make sure I have my revenge of all these people who will be dead because they were there when my son died. Like, it's just, again, issue with this episode is that you just, go from having, like, it, it seems to me in the last two weeks they've gone from having this show that we know and love, the style that we know and love, and kind of... I always thought the transition during gra- Season 5 was gradual, and that kind of, like, you could really feel the fact that we were getting into Season 6. But th- I think the biggest surprise to me throughout this rewatch, and really analysing it and really going through it and kind of coming here each week and talking about it, is that it's not a gradual one. It's kind of like Season 5 is actually quite consistent on the grand scheme of things. And for the most part, still feels like we have in the la- the first four seasons. Uh, you know, that's first period. Yeah. It's yeah. it's really only been the last couple of weeks where it's kind of all of a sudden they've flicked a switch. They've put y- Yoko's into detective mode. And now all of a sudden they just go this complete criminal mind route. And then you've got this, like, super evil over-the-top man, no pun intended, who's literally got a list. And he's kind of going Kill Bill style, like, I'm going to cross these people off my list. It's just... It just doesn't fit, and it's weird. And like I'm thinking, like, am I watching Third Watchy? Like, what am I watching at the moment? And, again, a lot of that probably comes down to Gene Simmons just kind of going for this over-the-top sort of cartoony kind of villain. But you've got a question. So he's gone and killed Mikey, right, as a connection to Bosco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I always, like, is this due to the fact that Mikey was a dolphin, sort of involved with the dolphin trade? and therefore he's killing because he's a rival drug dealer, or has he been killed because he's connected to Bosco? So Could be both. Like, it's never explained. I am going to assume it's because he's connected to Bosco, but at the same time, if he knew that Bosco was involved in the chase of Joey Mann, why is he only now getting the whole list of who was involved in that chase? Like, if we've got this cop providing him with information, why is this cop only saying, first of all, oh, I think it was Bosco, when this cop is connected to Cruz and would definitely know that Cruz was involved in the chase, so it just it seems weird that all of a sudden he's giving him this list, which he should have known already if he's already going after Bosco's family. If you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I gotcha.
0: It's just odd. I just don't understand it. <laughs> and just that line, like you did it very well, but like it just it's so cheesy and over the top. I'm in the ground before my Joey's like come on, like, this isn't third watch anymore. What are we watching? (laughs) Um, Yeah, anyway, we've got the credits. Um, I like this kind of little moment between Swirsky and Jelly when he's kind of like, it's a new tie. Um, A new suit, sorry. And he's just like, what? I get told off when I'm not wearing a suit, now I'm wearing a suit. Um, Northcutt shows up, he's back, um, and then kind of Cruise straight away, gets him onto a... Uh, a raid, they've got a shipment of some tablets, um, and then we see... I, I say it Yoshi, you guys say Yoshi. Um, so I'll pronounce it Yoshi, because I kind of like saying that anyway. Um, <laughs> he wants to go to the wake for Bosco's brother, and he's kind of like, yeah, I worked with Bosco a few times in uniform. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. And then uh, he kind of, he's like, oh, maybe you should call this raid off, you know? Oh, I didn't know Northcutt was back, and kind of he's like, oh, why is he acting so suspiciously? What could he possibly be up to? Um, And then we kind of get that live from Cruise, which is like, oh, all of the third watch will be there. Like, I don't know. It kind of feels a bit weird whenever you hear these characters say the the terminology third watch. Um, I don't know if that's just me, but uh, yeah. Uh, So, yep, that's setting up for some things. Carlos is uh with Grace, and again, this is hilarious stuff with Carlos, but again, it kind of feels a bit out of place, considering the last time we saw these two, he was going off and standing up for themselves, but um, yeah. he's all basically like, oh, so I see your locker's next to mine, like, you know, like, see you wanting to work closely with me. And then we, he's basically begging Kim so that uh him and Grace can work together, but Kim doesn't give in. And I love the way kind of Grace is like this close, and he's just like chipping away, chipping away. Yeah, um, I love,
1: I love yeah. his delivery of that throughout that. Chippin
0: yeah, chipping away. It's funny, it's funny. Yeah. Um. But I, I also love the fact that uh, you know I think you mentioned this in you about there's a bit of a Jimmy mention here. Uh. And then sort of she says she's trying to call Jimmy. And then, um, Grace is, what is she like? New Lou, hot stuff or something or?
1: Yes. And I, I'm surprised. I really wish, Kim, and maybe she does, and I obviously wouldn't have picked up on it, but I really wish Kim had given her a look like back off.
0: Yeah. Which it's, I mean, look, I think kind of Kim's got eyes. She knows Jimmy's attractive. So she's going to have comments. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. so yeah, anyway. Um, so what do we have then? Um, oh, so we have, uh, uh, nurse? Why am I saying nurse? Um, Jesus Christ, I'm really losing the plot here with this episode. Uh, we have the Sergeant win. Thank you very much, Ben. Um, he's on a phone. Mm. She's on a phone and basically gets a call that they've got a shipment coming in at the docks. Uh, we we get a name drop of Judge Holstead. Oh, look at that. She's still alive, obviously not hooking up with Sully. She gets name dropped twice in this episode, actually. Um... And this is another one of those moments where kind of like, it's just over the top. Like the way she's like, I've got you now, you son of a bitch, and kind of flicks the photo. It's kind of just like, it feels like that should be been like a 1940s <laughs> televised detective era. I've got you now, see? Come on, kid, I've got you now. Your time is up. Like, just the way kind of she does that. And then we, we cut to, um, Donald man and I kind of might get you to do a little bit of this here but he gets there and he's in the car and he's telling this story about how his son came into him when he was a kid and was scared that there was monsters and that was the day he fell in love with him and we've got this stupid butler guy like that's a happy memory sir and then you know he's like well I was wrong you know there are monsters like again you, you give me some of those lines I'm okay. terrible at doing
1: <clears throat> okay <clears throat> he had a nightmare once when he was five monster was chasing him he came into my room scared i held him that night looking down at him i fell in love with my son that night that's a happy memory sir but the night i fell in love with my son i lied to him sir there are monsters
0: I do like that little, sir, like the way you do that. <laughs> um, yeah, look, it's it's a bit over the top. Um, and like, I guess they're only trying to fit this in for this point. So purely we get the fact that like, oh, this is the name of the episode now. So now you understand why it's called Monsters. Um, I don't know. What, what do you think about it? I mean, I, I, I feel like I'm ripping shit into this one. I mean, what's your take on this? And I guess Gene Simmons in general.
1: Well, I've never understood the whole thing about, you know, Joey being five and him, and him saying, I fell in love with my son that night. What? You mean you weren't, you mean you didn't love him as your son for the first five years or however long of his life before well, that happened?
0: Evil, he's evil, Darville. He's evil. Evil people don't feel love. Come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that and, it's so it's so flat you know his delivery his delivery is so flat there maybe that's just gene simmons style i don't know but it's devoid of any again he's evil so that's understandable um it's devoid of any emotion you don't really and i mean i was going to say you don't really feel anything but then you're really not supposed to feel anything for the guy so there you go
0: um yeah and i agree and i think kind of like You've sort of mentioned about comparisons to Chevchenko. I have two. I think the problem that I have in terms of an overall comparison with the two is that I think they're trying to go for a similar thing. But the difference with Chevchenko's sort of calmness and delivery with it is that this he's still got charisma and personality about the way he does it. And, I mean, I think that just comes down to Roy Scheider's acting ability, honestly. Um, because I think kind of when you're playing one of these calm, sort of mellow, evil people who you know, a great types of evil people, they've still got to have a bit of charisma and a bit of personality about yeah. them. Whereas, you know... Yeah, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go on. Uh, y-
1: you know, I was asking you yesterday, who do you think could have played... Well, yeah, yesterday, when we, recorded, when we were recording yesterday, I was asking you, who do you think could have played Donald Men? I just thought of somebody who would have been great Ooh, at playing me. this calm, evil character, but still has a lot of charisma and presence. Tobin Bell.
0: Yeah, I could see it. Yep, yep. Definitely. Uh, 100% I could see that. That's a very good one. And I was just actually thinking, um, sadly no longer with us, Alan Rickman. Because, uh, you know, Alan Rickman is amazing. And mm-hmm. if you would know anything about Hans Gruber and Die Hard, like one of the greatest movie villains of all time, like how he could kind have of played that with a calmness and a charisma but an <laughs> evilness about it too. Um, but, yeah, like even if you're going for the... The, you have to get a singer involved. Like, if you kind of, if you limit this to well-known singers. And I'm just trying to think of a well-known singer who can act. Or who even sort of has tried acting. Um. Gosh. Yeah, that's, that's a one, a diverse one to sort of think of on the pot David Bowie? <laughs> David Bowie would have been good. Uh, but I think he would have been way too big for third watch. Um, but I mean, God, David Bowie would have been incredible. <laughs> now that I think of that. You um, think he
1: could have played Donald Man?
0: Oh God, yes. David Bowie can play. It. Like, have you have you seen the Labyrinth? Have you seen like David Bowie? Act? No. David Bowie's a great. Act. Oh, do yourself a I'll favor. i check him out. Watch the Labyrinth. Like, wow, great movie. I will. Um, and I'm not a big fantasy fan, but like, it's a great movie. Um, and like, look, we'll get to this next season with Wycliffe Jean because, you know, Wycliffe Jean and Donald uh, Gene Simmons are kind of always two, which I've been like, like, I I hit and miss in terms of the way I like them. The thing though with Wycliffe Jean is, I can say straight away already, he's better than Gene Simmons because there are definitely moments where you can tell he can't really act and he doesn't have that range but like Mm -hmm. I think Wycliffe Jean if you compare him to Gene Simmons and then like Roy Scheider kind of lumping in kind of the the big bads that we get in terms of these villains like Wycliffe Jean's almost got an innocence about him like he's kind of got a sweet childlike innocence about the way he goes about what he's doing because you kind of I feel you get sucked into his what he's trying to say and like how he's trying to clean up and how he's trying to be a nice guy and kind of fix things on the street where you obviously know he's a gangster and kind of like, you know, evil. So Yeah. Um, there's just a like I think Donald Man is trying to play it too much like Chevchenko. Whereas I think kind of um what's his name? Marcel Hollis. He kind yes. of has more of a an innocence about him to kind of get people suck it into him if that makes sense. So and like the more yeah, I the I more I like and we'll talk about obviously going into next week, kind of previewing season six, like as much as I rip shit into season six, honestly, every time I watch it I kind of grow a slight weird appreciation for what they're trying to do, is something just taking it out of context from the previous five seasons and just enjoying it for what it is. And there is definitely some stuff around the Wycliffe Sean character that I actually don't mind. Um because by by then, like, you know the show's nearly over and you're kind of like, Okay, we're well beyond what we used to have, so I'm enjoying it for what it is. Still got so many problems. But anyway, that that's next season. But yeah, like yeah. I don't mind some of the Marcel Holler stuff, because I think we get some great crew stuff around the, the Wycliffe and stuff, so. Anyway. Yeah, that's we do. Season. Donald Man, ugh. Luckily he's only here for three episodes, but yeah. Apparently falls in love with his son after, uh, what is it, five years? Six years? Uh. Um, five. Five years. Uh, so Bosco shows up to the funeral, um sort they're looking at the coffin, kind of a nice little moment between him and his mum. And I think, like, the thing that gets lost in this episode being, you know, so cartoonish is we do actually get some great stuff between Jason Wiles and Patty D. Like, I kind of think that this is some really nice emotional stuff. You kind of got that organ playing and kind of just mm-hmm. Bosco and they're sort of saying, like, I should have gotten a more expensive casket and they just want a few more minutes. And just this scene where they're just kind of sitting there in silence. And some of the acting here from Jason Wiles, like the, the scene which we're going to get with his father soon and kind of just the crying and everything that he's having, like... So good, so good. Uh We've got a random guy in a car on a phone. Let me talk to her. I'll do it. I'll do whatever you want me to. You know, if you let her go. Um,
1: yeah, that's probably a bit over the top as well.
0: Yeah, incredibly. Like, it's like, what is it? But, the, like, again, this is what season six will be. We will kind of just cut to a random person who we have no idea what it is. It's going to be related to the storyline and kind of... This, to me, is where it feels like a criminal mind sort of show or kind of like... Even like, you know, as, as much as I keep saying I watch Blue Bloods, Blue Bloods does this usually at the beginning of an episode. We kind of see people straight away and we're like, what are these people going to do with it? Who are these? Oh, clearly one of these people are going to be involved in the crime. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how how it works. Um, <laughs> Sully... Yeah. Oh, oh, we should mention this guy on the phone. He kind of says, I don't trust what man has to say. So clearly, okay, there's a connection here to Donald Man. Um Sally, Davis, Munro, and Jokus all show up. This is a bit where no Fred, no Fred. Um we then see this guy who is just on the phone going off, he's parked opposite the funeral home. Dun, dun, dun. plot twist, what's gonna happen? Um We have Kim and Grace in the ambulance, just having a bit of a conversation. Kind of Kim uh, Grace is bored. Kim's like, You want me to run somebody down? And they talk about having kids. <laughs> and, um you know, Grace is like talking about getting a stick out of her ass, and then kind of Kim's just like, I should have worked with Carlos today. Um, and then we have a Carlos and Holly scene, probably the most prominent Carlos. Like, you can also tell in terms of the season six, really, since Grace shows up, like, and I reckon this is the plan, like, let's get Grace showing up into this, you believe Carlos and Grace are going to get together, but ultimately it's going to be Carlos and Holly, spoiler alert. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, because they're kind of really showing this, but... I do love, like, this speech that Holly gives about, like, you know, maybe mm-hmm. it's because you, you never look above a chest and below blow, blow her ass and you got a stupid haircut and the way you lick your lips and the way you do this and your head do that. And then just through all of this, the only thing that Carlos says is, I don't have a stupid haircut.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is that the only thing he could think of? To, is that the only thing he could think of to come back with?
0: Oh, uh, it's... So or, good. Was like,
1: it, <laughs> or was it because she? he knew deep down that that she was right about everything else?
0: I think that's exactly it. But, like, the thing I will say again moving into season six is that, like, I've, I've constantly said the paramedics are just purely there for comedic value now. But it's not to say it's not great stuff. Like, this is... I love this. Like, And I'm so glad that they still managed to keep some paramedic stuff in this episode because, like, there's nothing really warranted on this storyline except for the Kim stuff we'll get at the end. But, yeah. like, it's just... And, like the more and more I think about what we get with Holly and Carlos next season, just this whole setup it's actually hilarious, and as meh as Grace is, Grace actually, too, does have some funny stuff to move forward with as well, so um, yeah, it just makes me smile, like, it's weird for me to think that I'm smiling going into season six, but Carlos and Holly stuff is fantastic, and this, it's stupid to say the chemistry they have. I mean, if people didn't know, these two are married in real life. This is Yvonne Jung, clearly, who's been on our show, listened to the interview, it was a great chat, as has Anthony Revivar, sort of, it was on a previous show, but we replayed that interview. Um, and like, you would, you would expect them to have chemistry, because they're married, so, but it just, it just shows so well, like, oh. It's great. I just, I just fucking love that line. Of, I don't have a stupid haircut.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, I kind of wonder, are there conversations actually like that? <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, we got This is a scene I was just talking about a second ago, like at the funeral, sort of a great moment where like Bosco sort of with his mom and his dad is like, he's going to take the sister back to the hotel. And um, kind of like, you know, Bosco's basically, you know, talking about, you know, how you try to get the reward and kind of. Um, you know, his dad's just kind of, like, not here. And just there's just, like, when he kind of turns to Rose and he's like, is there anything that you need? And she's just like, I want him back. I want him back, Anthony. And they cry. Like, there's just this look that um, Jason Wiles does. It's just, it's heartbreaking. Like, it's just so heartbreaking to kind of see this look on his face. And, again, it's lost in this over-the-topness of this episode, just how good that is. And even this bit here with Patty D, the way she's just like, you know, I want him back, Anthony. I want him back. Like, it's just so... It's heartbreaking and kind of this is for a character that what we knew for three episodes was it two episodes well four or five if you count season three, I guess, how many episodes have yeah, been
1: in? yeah, um, I think he was in like maybe five episodes at the most, and I do have to give <clears throat> much as I cannot stand the character of Anthony Bucarelli, you know he was he oh wait, no, that wasn't. No the the whole thing about is it true he tried to get the reward that was date that was Davis who started to ask that and oh, Monroe was yeah, the one who sorry, said not right, here yeah
0: no you are right sorry but um it, well you know what I'm saying like Bosco does say something to sort of like go off at him or something like that but um yeah, yeah like sorry I'm just reading through my notes I've got them in the ra- around the wrong place but yeah you're right like there is um something around that but um yeah like I'm with you like you, there's nothing redeeming about Anthony Boscarelli we don't like him um but. The one thing, though, that they clearly go out of their way here to do is, I guess, just... Because, I mean, we don't see him again after this. Um, no. Even, yeah, when what's going to happen with Bosco next season, which is a bit weird. Well, not really, because, like I guess they didn't have a good relationship. Um, but I guess kind of this is a way of saying, like, well, we've we, we got to ride him out. We don't really need him in the funeral home. I mean, they could have killed him off. Um, but, I mean, I guess that's probably a bit mean. He's just lost his brother, so then he has to deal with the death of his dad. So that's a whole other kettle of fish. Um, so kind of, yeah, this is just the way they're like, okay, we're going to get him out of this funeral home with what's about to happen so he doesn't get involved in it too. So, um, Auntie, what is it? What's his Auntie Faye? Is that who aunt, the is or something like that? Or? I yeah. think
1: so. I don't remember.
0: Now, this whole death <clears their throat> sequence, it's over the top, but. I weirdly think it's edited and kind of shot very well. And I've kind of, again, I've written top five here as a potential, but looking at our list of top five things heading into next week, I think I've written down we've got about 11 top five moments to kind of get through next week to kind of come around (laughs) down to top five. And I think, on the grand scheme of things, this doesn't really take over any of the other ones. But anyway, I think kind of I weirdly don't mind this sequence where we've got sort of editing between two funerals. So we've got Joey Mann's funeral happening and we've got Mikey's funeral happening. And between them, we've got uh, sort of this priest, I guess, reading out a prayer. Um, And then kind of it also cuts to Sergeant Wynn doing this raid on the shipping containers. We've got Cruz doing the raid on this house. And it's just... And we've got this, like, organ music playing in the background, which is kind of creepy but haunting at the same time. And sort of through all this, we see... um, Sergeant Wynn, at the shipping container, she finds some drugs, but then as soon as they find the drugs, they lift up another bag and they realise there's, like, um a bomb there. I just wanted one at the cost, We're like, that's C4. Uh, <laughs> and then <laughs> it blows up. Then same thing for um crews. They show up into this building, they see a bomb, it blows up, and then the car that was opposite the funeral home uh, drive straight into the funeral home and then kind of we get the shot of Gene Simmons sort of just looking, you know, evil cause he's Gene Simmons. Um, like yeah, I, I kind of, I <laughs> like the way this is sort of all edited together. I think it, like, it, it's really effective for a, such an over the top episode. Um, yeah, but the thing that I've got to have a complaint here cause Sergeant Wynn's dead. So is everyone in that shimmy container. Now, like, There's nothing left of them basically as we're going to get from Jelly soon. Cruise yep. was as close to the bomb. As Sergeant Wynne was. We kind of see her, like, turn and go to run away. But then it goes off. And the argument could be made that, yes, Sergeant Wynn is in a shipping container. She's in a tightly confined space. She's got nowhere, really, to go. But by the looks of things, when they arrive at that shipping container, her charred body is on the outside of the shipping container. For some reason, the shipping container hasn't blown up. It's kind of still intact. I don't understand how that's possible. Um, but like, I'm sorry, there is no way Cruz survived that bomb. She was basically right next to it. She's dead. She is dead. (laughs) so, like, this is again the cartoonness of it. It's kind of like, in a cartoon, somebody's gonna survive because it's a cartoon. You're not gonna kill them off in a kid's show like that. But like, come on, Cruz is dead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've said before that she's like, she's the female Jack Bauer of Third Watch. Mm. I mean, well, she. I mean, because I mean, in in twenty four, Jack should have. How many times should Jack have been killed in well, things like that? And he once. wasn't.
0: Come on, remember that?
1: <laughs> yeah, I do remember, you remember that. But I'm talking two, in grand- the grand promo yeah. around that. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. I'm just talking in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, no, I know,
0: I know. I I always remember that promo in here in Australia. Well, I'm in New Zealand, but you know what I mean. Like Australia when I was there. Um, and they get there. And they're like on the ads. They're like, one thing we can guarantee this week is Jack Bauer will die. And then you see, like, the be." <laughs> like...
1: 24,
0: Tuesday. Uh anyway, the, the advertising. Yeah, look, I think you're right. But, like, and again, like, creative licensing, it happens in TV shows and movies. Like, I love James Bond. How many times did James Bond have died over the years? Like, you know, um, I mentioned Die Hard before. There's a great uh, video series on YouTube called What's the Damage? And there's also one where they get, like, doctors who... Sit through like action movies and analyze sort of things that happen and are like, yeah, he's got broken ribs, yeah, he's got concussion, yeah, his liver's damaged there. No, he's not surviving. Like, watch the one for Home Alone. It's actually quite funny. The way they basically go through <laughs> all the injuries and are like, he's dead. Oh, like,
1: I, I love to... Home Alone.
0: Oh, it's, it's really, really funny. But I <laughs> what's, think one thing what's we that need to little... kind
1: of. Oh, sorry.
0: Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Oh, I was just going to ask you real quick what's that little video called of doctors analyzing Home Alone so oh, I can just... watch it?
0: Just Google it. Like, literally Google it. Go to YouTube and type it in. It's, it'll be one of the first ones that comes up. Um. Okay. But I think we should just bookmark this moment when it comes to Sergeant Cruz being around explosions in, uh, season finales, uh, about when she survives. So, you know, like, just remember this for a season's mm-hmm. time. Um, anyway, so, yeah, it's, it's still a kind of an interesting moment. We cut then to this car that has driven into the funeral home. We sort of. Get this, um, you know, one camera shot walking past all the damage. We see Sully's stuck under a door. Um, a few other people are down around there. Um, and we find out that he's got a bomb, uh, in the car. I do like the, the moment when Sully's like, I got hit by a car inside a building. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. like, that's funny. Um, quick shot of Kim. She's on the phone. She finally gets through to Jimmy, but then of course they get called away for the accident. Um, and there's a weird, actually, because Mallory was watching this with me, and there's a weird moment when she goes to drive off, she kind of, like, you know, does a shoulder check of her mirror as she goes to drive off, but then you realise she's on the, her side of the car is on the street, like, she's um, like she's on the footpath on the sidewalk, so it's like, Kim, why are you checking your mirror? Like, there's no one there, like, you're on a footpath and you're pulling out to the other side, so it's kind of a weird moment that she's looking in a mirror as she pulls out. Um... We've got random people in this funeral home who have been invited to Mikey's funeral who are running out because there's a bomb. Um, Bosco is questioning the guy with the detonator and uh, grabs a detonator from him and Jokas is screaming uh, for Bosco. We don't know why yet. Uh, We've got Carlos showing up to Cruz's scene and, of course, again, this is, um, you know, Cruz survives if somehow. Uh, One shot I really do like, though, is um, kind of when Cruz is just on the street sort of watching the emergency crews go into this building. There's, I think, like two or three bodies on the ground kind of covered in sheets, and then somebody else walks out of the uh, the building with another body. And it's just this shot where she just drops to her knees and kind of uh, tear to heart has got this look on her face, just this helplessness look, like, what the hell just happened? Um, I just I just love that moment where she drops to her knees. I think it's great. I don't know if that's scripted or Tia to heart has just gone ahead and said, like, hey, I'm going to drop to my knees to add, you know, more emotional effect, but it works. Whatever, Whatever it was, it works. Um, we're back at the funeral home. Uh, we find out that Bosco's mum is stuck under the wheel. Uh, her arm is pinned under the wheel. Um, they, we've got Grace and Kim showing up. Find out there's a bomb inside. Grace rushes in and Kim says she can't go in there. Uh, and you're kind of like, why? Like, oh, this is a bit odd. This is strange. Um, Bosco and Grace have a moment. Um, there you go. Bosco and Grace meet. The only time they'll probably interact. Um, yeah. And then kind of Bosco is saying to Grace, like, there's a bomb in here. Shouldn't you be outside? And, Grace, the adrenaline junkie, doesn't care. Um, and then, essentially, she's got to, I guess, do a, what, a laryng, lo, uh, whatever it is. Put something in his
1: Lary- throat. Larynge- scope.
0: Yeah, gets that and basically has to cut his open his throat and do this. Um, not something that she should be doing, but uh, she does it anyway. Uh, Wolf shows up with the fire crew. Uh, they get her out of the car. Whatever uh, Grace has done here, it's worked. Bosco's mum's breathing uh, again. Um, Tracheotomy. Tracheotomy, thank you very much. Darling. Yeah, a tracheotomy. Um, yeah. Tracheotomy. This is one of those moments you're going to surprise me and say you're actually a doctor. You <laughs> just uh, listen better than I do. <laughs> um, So we then have uh, Jelly out at the shipping containers. Um, basically saying we've got three dead here. Sergeant Wend is one. There ain't a piece of them left except for this piece of paper with a Judge Holstead warrant. Again, another Judge Holstead uh, mentioned there. Like, how does he know that that Sergeant Wen? Then, if there's nothing left of him except for a warrant, like they could have run away, and this could have been three dock workers for all he knows. Who knows? Yeah, it's kind of weird. But then he kind of he gets Coco on his suit. <laughs> well, just this new suit. <laughs> um, kind of a walking, talking cliche, Jelly Grimaldi, But uh, mm-hmm. he has, his, I love him still. He's great. Um, Sally being brought into the. The hospital and kind of asking, is he still pretty? But we've got this random nurse again—the one from the other week—who was like, "Not you, too, Monroe." And now he's, she's again going, "Oh, Sully," like, "Who is this nurse? <laughs> I've never seen her before." Two, like, two weeks in the last, like, four or five episodes, she's just there to purely spurt out a one-liner, like, "Not you, too, Monroe," and "Oh, Sully," like, "Who is she?" um It's weird. <laughs> But we've got. Uh, I
1: think she's listed as Janie or Jamie or something like that, or is she, J- or Jenny. I don't know.
0: Jenny, let's see. What are we looking here? Ginny. There's a Ginny. Is Ginny. Okay.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Kristen Vermilia, nurse Ginny or nurse Ginny. Uh, yeah, you're right. Um, she apparently has been in tons of episodes. Unfinished Business Exposing Faith Lights Up Castles of Sand Truth and Other Lies Lockdown Then she was in Purgatory Monsters and she's only going to be in more monsters so apparently this is someone who's just been in the background and hasn't really said anything um, and according to her IMDB page this is one of the most things she's known for the third most prominent thing she's known for behind Against the Tide and Straight Forward so um, Okay yeah. She's uh heavily she's Looking here, she's more of a. She's had three producer credits, casting department credits. Um, yeah. Anyway, interesting. According to IMDb, she hasn't done any acting since 2007. But okay, there you go. Nurse Ginny, random one line nurse. I want to call her. Um. Oh, Sully. Like, do you think she's secretly in love with Sully? Maybe. Maybe we all are. So I guess kind of it doesn't really matter anyway. <laughs> um. So. Well, I'm sure he's flattered. Husband? <laughs> Cruz is at the hospital. Um, she then kind of sees Bosco there and then, like, working out that a lot of this is a coincidence. Um, and kind of, well, isn't a coincidence that it's all connected. Uh, Bosco goes after the guy with the detonator. Uh, we'll find out that a drug dealer has his wife, um, Donald Mann. Uh, it's all connected. So clearly he was only doing this because, you know, his, um, family's been held hostage. Um Grace then going off at Kim. This is not a not a good moment here for Grace here. She kind of has a bit of a run in here of some bad luck. So um yeah, Grace going off at Kim. Kim saying that I'm not afraid. Um, you know, and she kind of drops a line, she was like, She says, like if it was just me, I would have done it, and kind of Grace is like, What? And uh, you know, Carlos is like, I've in all the years I've known Kim, I've never known her to be afraid. She's like, I'm not afraid. Um and then basically she comes out and says, I'm pregnant. plot twist. Um And that's why so, she was trying to get a hold of Jimmy. Yeah, exactly. Um can we just gonna say this down. This is the penultimate Kim episode. Um Yeah, we can say that. Yeah, I always thought that this like I always seem to remember that the end of season five is the last episode, but it's not. She kind of is in the first episode of season six. So um there's a great moment in the first episode of season six which I will fight for our top five next season, even though it's in the very first episode. Um but yeah, like Kim is pregnant, and Grace is like, you know, should have she could have said something, <laughs> and then well, next, you next, wouldn't
1: stop talking long enough <laughs> so that she could.
0: Next moment, Doctor Fields bursts in and then starts going off at Grace, and uh, you know, what did you do this for? You had no permission. I'm going to make sure you never work on the street again. Uh, you know, you know the really you, weird thing is, I always feel. <sighs> That there's some chemistry between Dr. Fields and Grace. I always would like to see those two hook up. That's just, I don't know if that's just me, but I've always thought that's a thing. Yeah. And I'll say here
1: that, you know, he kind of reminds me of, uh, first episode, Dr. Morales. In a way that, you know, he's going off with the, he's going off with the paramedics, you know, you should, um, well, Oh, Dr. Fields is going off at Grace like you shouldn't have done this, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah, you you don't have permission to do this. Maybe not, but uh last I checked in order for you to, just just like what Doc said to Morales, you know, last I checked in order for you to be able to treat somebody, the paramedics first have to get them to you alive. So, <laughs> it's
0: one of those priorities <laughs> isn't er- it though? Yeah, sorry. It's a,
1: it's a doctor. It's and no offense, no offense to doctors out there. God bless them for what they do. But it's this particular doctor, it's him being an arrogant prick. And it is.
0: I think it's, yeah, I definitely see your point. My, I think it is It is still a grey area, though. Because, like, technically, if a paramedic does something like that, they do need permission. Because it's sort of a semi-surgical procedure. So you can understand, and, like, again, your great country, Darbell, like, there's a lot around legalities and suing and all that sort of stuff. So you can sort no, of understand it, but there's, but the, then also like, you've got to see the paramedic side. It's kind of, they're in, they're in an emergency situation. They're in a bomb. They've got to get away from it. There's always, you know, is there always time to get that clearance? You know, so they kind of just got to make a split decision to save the patient's life. And yeah, like it's definitely a gray area there. Um, but I think the difference, the ultimate difference between like, I, I agree with you. I think it's very similar to what we had with Morales. I think ultimately the differences are though is that. We had no idea who Morales was. And so our first introduction, and kind of like the way Bosco or wherever it was, like, bitch, like straight away, we're like, yeah, that was Bosco. We sort of know Dr. Fields, and we don't really know Grace. And all we've had of Grace in like two episodes is that she is a bitch. So it's kind of, I think, more so here, you're on Dr. Fields' side. Because also, ultimately, this is kind of not a good moment for Grace. She's been yelled at by Kim, and now she's being yelled at by Dr. Fields. So. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, so. That's what it is. But then <laughs> here comes Carlos, you know, sweeps up next to her. <laughs> for what it's worth. For the record, I agree with you. And just the look. Like... <laughs> for the
1: record. I agree with you. I'm again, surprised she didn't. Honestly, if I were Grace, I would have slapped him.
0: No, I, I, I'm glad she did it because, again, I this is why I love Cara Bueno. Like, I just love her reaction that she kind of has here to Carlos. But she's got this look on her face like, ah, oh, like, what, like. Fuck you. But then she just kind of walks off. And then Carl's chipping away, chipping away. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. But this is the thing. Like, one thing I'll say is, like, uh, you know, again, spoiler alert, Grace and Carl never hook up. But they, like, they they have chemistry. They have chemistry. They really do. And, again, going back to what (coughs) we met with Davis and Sasha in the last few weeks, like, you kind of see these two, like, just... Hooking up, going into a cupboard and doing each other, and then that's it. They get it out of their systems. Whereas you never feel that with Davis and Sasha at this point in their relationship. So, yeah, it's kind of this is what we're trying to say about like there's just some people who have this element to them, like Doctor Fields and Grace. I honestly think that would have been a great pairing. Like even just have like a one night stand or something like that. So, um, yeah. Oh, the
1: things of, they could have done.
0: Oh, definitely. Um, so we have Donald Mann. Oh, he's putting a photo yes, in the indeed. fire. We've got our cartoony butler guy saying that there's a problem, Mr. Man. Um, <laughs> oh, this guy. Oh. Is a, who is this guy? Is he is he um, Orland? Is, I think this character's name is Orland, isn't it? According to IMDb, I don't recall. Uh, or is that no? Orland's and, the guy in the car. Uh, uh, I
1: was going to do that. I was going to do that whole. <laughs> I was going to do that whole scene and impressions of them, but I wasn't sure if you. Uh, I wasn't sure if you would have.
0: No. And like, I, I, like, hey, I, hold on. They take, like, 20 minutes to do because he talks so slow. That's the thing. Um, yeah, so he just basically says that not all of them died. The other cops died. Crew survived. Uh, but our agent, the bomb, didn't go off. And kind of Donald man, like, you know, the police now have a witness. Uh, and then it's like, where are they now? They're at the Mercy Hospital. Um, so
1: so uh, you know some shit's about to happen.
0: And then we get our final scene. And... <coughs> Uh, can we just go over what we've had as cliffhangers on Third Watch Season Finale? Season 1. Yes. Jimmy got, Jimmy got shot. Kind of a cliffhanger. Not, not really a cliffhanger as such. Um, mm-hmm. season 2. Uh, there was no cliffhanger. Uh, no. sort of had cancer. That's kind of a cliffhanger. Well, we didn't know. Like, she had tests done. So, yeah. But again, season 1, season 2 didn't really have cliffhangers. Uh Season three, we had the blackout. Kind of ended on a pretty, you know, decent sort of cliffhanger. It was it was enough to, I think, get you back, but not enough to like, oh, my God, what are they doing? Season four, best cliffhanger. We had the shootout between all the cops Uh and kind of like who shot who, who did this, who did that. Again, season four, over the top, big cartoonish, but it still worked. They can do it. Like, it's, you know, again, we've gone over the fact that cops shooting each other is this really a thing, the way it all played out, but it doesn't matter because it worked. It was tense. Yeah, uh, We were drawn in <clears throat> we had a great season four finale with the deaths of Taylor and Johnson as well so like we had kind of all that sort of stuff season five we have all of our favorite police officers in a waiting room working out the fact that uh, they've all been targeted that this is war uh, we don't know where Yoshi is who the hell who the hell cares about Yoshi Uh, and, you know, crews, you know, we're going to find them, we're going to be smart about this. No one goes to the war with the New York City Police Department. Then through the windows, we see these masked balaclavan men with guns, shadows of them, walking up. We get Davis going, uh, guys. Then they turn to the window, they start firing, we get this weird fading light of white, and then our screen ends on white, saying executive producers and kind of, that's it, that's our cliffhanger. Like, I see what they're trying to do, but again, in such an over-the-top episode already, we are led to believe that we have masked people like this coming into a hospital who somehow straight away know that all of our cops are in this room. Like, how do they know they're all in this room? And they're going to be firing Uzis to the extent that they do. And oh, don't even get me started on the opening, what, like 10 minutes of the first episode next season. Like, it just it kind of continues all this rubbishness of it. Um, not a fan. Not a fan of this. I think you kind of alluded to, though, Darville, that you don't mind this, because I think last season you might have said something about that you like this clip. Hang on, correct me if I'm wrong there, but what are, what are your thoughts? Well,
1: well, what I said was, um, <clears throat> it was actually, in addition to the scene of Alex, of Alex Taylor dying in that explosion, the scene of this entire, this entire, uh, gun battle that over, over the beginning of season, over the beginning of the season six premiere, those two scenes were, those two scenes were what made me want to watch this show.
0: Right. Okay.
1: So, so, I mean, sure. I mean, maybe it was over the top. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll, (laughs) I mean, I'll rewatch it when we get to that and we'll, and I'll, and we'll share our thoughts and everything. But, I mean, (laughs) <laughs> I'm not particularly inclined to rip shit into something that that got me into this show in the first place.
0: Well, and, and I understand that. And I think kind of that's maybe... I think I was talking about it last week, <laughs> that in all fairness, if you if you started watching Third Watch like at this final part of season five and you didn't see any of the other previous stuff before this, I mean, like, I wouldn't see why you maybe wouldn't because, like, it's still entertaining. And again, to clarify... Um, just because I think this is a bad episode. I still watch this a hundred times over a lot of other shows. We're going to say that all the time. But, and like, because Mallory's kind of really been watching this and kind of she, um, you know, each episode she was kind of like, I want to watch another one, I want to watch another one. And then kind of with this one, she was like, oh man, we're going to wait a whole season and see what happens. Like, it's kind of like, it's interesting to see that perspective of somebody who's not seen what's come before it, if you know what I mean. And it's yeah. kind of like, it's like, if, if you started watching The Simpsons today, you, there's no reason why you might not like it. But then you 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 just, I guess you don't understand how good it was, like, back in the day and how today is actually terrible. Like, it's only kind of, if you've been watching from the beginning, how you can kind of, I think, see how it's developed and changed. And again, yeah. as I said, moving into next season, like, yeah, season six is a far reach from what we've had on this show, and it's definitely got a lot of issues. But again, as I said earlier, and I'll probably say this again next week when we preview season six, like... I like to try and look at season six as its own beast, as kind of a separate entity from this show, and it can be very enjoyable for, like, that. Like, if all of a sudden you're looking at it as a different show in some aspects. Um, yeah. But, but again, there are still some moments that are beating under the skin of this show next season that are still what we lo- know and love. Like, season six isn't all doom and gloom, uh, but again, we'll talk about that next week. Um, just quickly on this review, uh, I'm going to let you, uh, rank it first because I think you know where I'm going. Oh yeah. I
1: know, I know you are, I know you're throwing it straight into the, straight into the bin. I know that's Correct. what you're doing. Correct. Me, I am, it's, it's a low, it's a low one. It's a low one, but, but I'm, I'm renting it. Oh,
0: it's a, a low you're one do a low buy. I was going to get worried there for a second, WL. Um... <laughs> Yeah, no, and again, like, I like it when we kind of have different sort of opinions and have different rankings. But, uh, yes, no, yeah. I, I am, I am bidding this. Uh, um, you are correct. Uh, so this makes this my, uh, seventh bin. Uh, second from this season. And, uh, I have this as the, uh, fourth highest or fourth lowest bin, whatever you want to look at it. Um, so I have this at 107 out of 110. So the bins that I have above this is the Spirit, Demolition Derby, and Collateral Damage Part 1. And the bins I have below it are Firestar, The Unforgiven, and Snowblind. So, um... Yeah, so if you look at the grand scheme of things, every season has had a bin, except for Season 2. Um and yeah i was gonna
1: say you didn't bin anything from season two did you
0: because it's a brilliant season (laughs) season one and three only had the one bin each uh season five had two bins and season four had three bins so uh yeah how many season six gonna have that's gonna be the million dollar question um next week we'll be back to obviously recap season five but just a quick little, uh, I think, because at the end of that, we'll mainly preview the whole season. But I guess kind of just a quick little look forward to our next episode, episode, which will be uh, season six, episode one, More Monsters. Um, yeah, we get kind of the conclusion of all this shootout, which I'm not a fan of. Um, the ending is like, look, uh, I don't mind the ending because I kind of like the way they edit it. You know, the bang, how the hell we wound up like this. Like, it's kind of, why weren't just, we able? It's so cheesy and like montage and csi but I really like it. Um, it's Kim's last episode. We've already said that this episode, but, um, I love kind of this scene between her and Carlos, which I think is a top five moment for next season. Um, and yeah. It's we've got some interesting things, a bit of facing crew yeah. stuff starting next episode again as well. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there we go. Any any thoughts on more monsters?
1: Nope. Other than I'm looking forward to us going at it over the shootout scene. Yeah,
0: we don't. <laughs> yeah, well, it'll be interesting. We don't get Finny until the third episode, do we? Right,
1: right. Okay. We don't get him until Last Will and Testament,
0: episode okay. three. Uh And I believe, though, is our next episode the first that Cara is credited as a main cast member? Or do they wait until Finney comes on board? Uh Not too sure. We'll find out. Uh Anyway, so that's more monsters coming up in two weeks' time. Again, next week we've got our Season 5 recap, which I'm looking forward to as per usual. In the meantime, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe, all the relevant channels. You know what to do. It's been a blast, season five. It's been surprising, and we've got one more episode to talk a little bit more about kind of everything along those lines. My name is Ben, and do I still look pretty?
1: My name is Darvell, and... Oh, gosh. I thought I had a quote, but I don't, so see you next week, peeps, for the recap. Thank you for
0: listening to The Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.